Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. WRKS Pickens-Jackson. You ready? Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. guy named Slice Bread. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio, streaming worldwide on the Out of Bounds radio app. Hour number three, rocking and rolling on a Taco Tuesday. That's right, Taco Tuesday. You can get fantastic tacos at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in Sartville. That's right. When you're in Sartville, check out Two Brothers. Get some delicious pork tacos, pork belly. Get the barbecue chicken. They got brisket tacos they got everything you could want whether it's a taco tuesday or any other day of the week you can check out the tacos at two brothers in star that's right out of bounds espn 105.9 the zone the show powered by the fine folks at mississippi smart homes mssmarthomes.com i gotta tell you father's day coming up what better gift than to give dad the mississippi smart home starter pack Automated lighting, the Nest thermometer, Nest doorbell, the Google Chrome hub. It's everything you could want and then some. And, of course, they'll teach you exactly how to use it. You'll be an expert when MS Smart Homes is done. MSSmarthomes.com, Mississippi Smart Homes. Jake Manning and the crew, great local family. They'll take care of you. Call Jake. Tell them Out of Bounds sent you. They will hook it up. It's a great thing for Father's Day. You can do the brand new speaker system, brand new home entertainment system, whatever it is, whatever you need. Jake knows the ins and outs of home automation and how to make your life, well, it's just more comfortable. It's better. It's easier living when your house works for you. And what Jake and the crew have done, they've made it cost-effective, affordable, and efficient. And you want to check out Mississippi Smart Homes. That's MS Smart Homes. Dot com ms smarthomes.com ms smarthomes.com Mike Dettelier was fantastic talking Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher some of the ins and outs the relationship that he saw develop at LSU and then when Jimbo went to Florida State and finally to A&M Nick Saban to Miami 
and then to Alabama and just the interesting evolution and the change in the way they viewed each other, how they interacted. Clearly, Jimbo Fisher felt Nick Saban stepped so far over the line that he was free to come back with probably just as egregious comments. I mean, the personal attacks on on Nick Saban were incredible. Incredible. As Jimbo not only defended his university and himself, and certainly, as Mike Dettelier said, pitched to the next group of prospects... Absolutely, that's what Jimbo is doing. But he took some pretty specific shots at Nick Saban and took some very personal shots at Nick Saban. Talking about, you know, calling him God, walk on water. I just thought it was interesting, and and, uh, I wanted to play some of that for you here. As uh, This is Jimbo Fisher. It happened last week. Um, Jimbo responded Thursday to Nick Saban's comments about them paying for their recruiting class. And Jimbo went scorched earth. He didn't hold back. He didn't, he didn't hesitate with his attack on Saban. It was personal. It was clinical. It was precise. And I think as, as Mike Dettelier said, you know, Jimbo was, he was pitching to that next crop of players, the next two, three, four signing classes of, hey, look, we know how to do it. We're doing it the right way. Don't go do what Nick Saban's doing. This is Jimbo Fisher. Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. Hey, they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him. Jimbo Fisher. Just going after, going after Nick Saban. Going after Nick Saban. Personal vendetta. And Mike Dettelier said that, you know, Jimbo worked fine with Saban. Were there clashing emotions? Of course. You're never going to work at that level, whether it's in football, baseball, basketball, in business. You're going to have friction because we're not all the same. We all have different motivators, we all have different agendas, we all have different moral compasses. We have different value systems. But Jimbo and Saban were fine. Jimbo clearly had an affiliation or a a connection with Bobby Bowden that he didn't have with Nick Saban. But don't forget, Jimbo ran Bobby out. For all the talk that Jimbo has about how Bobby did it the right way and how he does it the right way and he doesn't lie and he doesn't cheat. I mean, Jimbo ran Bobby out. And maybe it was time for Bobby Bowden to leave Florida State, but it, Jimbo's high horse mentality is just incredibly interesting to me. Did Saban make a mistake? Of course. But Jimbo's response, incredibly personal. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the summer 
and what comes out of it. They uh, SEC meetings are coming up. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio. The SEC meetings are coming up, and one of the big topics of discussion is the new schedule. Eight games versus nine games in conference play. The two models that are being debated among coaches and ADs and school presidents is a permanent opponent and then seven rotationals. So you'd have one a permanent opponent that you play every year and then seven rotationals, eight games. Same eight games that we play right now. So you'd have the Egg Bowl, right, that would be permanent. And then every year, the seven other conference games that State and Ole Miss would play would be random. Not random, but they'd be, they'd be rotational, right? They'd be a different group. So that's a ton of turnover. That's only one consistent opponent. Some people you may play a couple years in a row. Some people you won't. Then the other concept is a 3-6 concept where you would play three permanent opponents, three permanent opponents, and six rotational opponents. That's nine games. Obviously, that means you'd have an extra SEC game every year. Some years you'd have five home, four away. Some years you'd have four home, five away. It would shake up the rotation enough that every year, if you're rotating six new teams in and out, in and out of the 16-team league, you're going to get some rotation, but it keeps three permanent opponents. So you have a little bit of consistency in scheduling. You have a little bit of consistency in, hey, we play these three teams every year. There's some rivalry built up there. You have uh, maintained that connection to another school, right? So in that case, maybe State and Ole Miss would play each other, and then Ole Miss's other two might be LSU and Alabama, and States might be Auburn and LSU, right? I don't know. Whatever it might be. Doesn't matter. LS, Ole Miss has Arkansas and LSU. State has Auburn and A&M. What? Well, it doesn't matter. But you'd have three consistents, three permanent opponents, and six rotational. Give me your thoughts. Do you like the three and six, nine SEC games, or do you like the one and seven? One permanent opponent, seven rotational, only eight conference games. The Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. Your thoughts on the potential change in scheduling for SEC football. Michael Katz, Ole Miss Insider, coming up next on the Corona Premier Guest Line. We're going to talk a little SEC tournament baseball. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. 
Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone live in the Bank Plus studio. Streaming worldwide on the Out of Bounds radio app, we go to the Corona Premier guest line. We welcome in Michael Katz, Ole Miss insider. He is live on location where all the things are happening. That's right, Hoover, Alabama. He's at the Met, not yet, but he will be as uh, the SEC baseball tournament attempts to get past some tough weather. Um, And so we welcome in Michael Katz on the Corona Premier guest line. Katz, first things first. I assume this is your first trip to Hoover, Alabama. Is it everything you dreamed it would be? Okay, so it's, it'll actually be my second. I'm still in Oxford right now. I'm trying to milk this as long as okay. I can. But <laughs> Haven't I, driven I, over I, yet. I, I, yeah, no, but uh, you know, it, it's nice that it's uh, it's not as far as I thought. But no, I actually the Hoover uh, for for that was actually my first assignment was media days uh, in July. That was my first time ever being in the South. And uh, I was really overwhelmed by the humidity, so uh, it'll it'll probably be uh, similar, but with rain this time. There so, you I'm, go. I'm extremely excited, excited for the experience. I forget that you. I forgot that you had made it to uh, to SEC Media Days last year. So I think that they could be a little even uh, spicier coming up in another week or two uh, with all this Jimbo and Nick Saban controversy going on. But uh, uh, Michael Katz on the Corona Premier guest line. Let's stick on the because I, I could go down that road forever with Jimbo and Saban. Let's stick on what what we're here to talk about. Ole Miss baseball, D one baseball has them as a three seed at Stanford in their current projections. They're fourteen and sixteen in league play. They do have the weirdly weighted Mississippi State win uh, or, or win over Mississippi State in the Governor's Cup. So maybe they're like fourteen and a half and sixteen. I'm not really sure. Uh, what do you think tonight's game means in terms of Ole Miss and Mike Bianco making the postseason? So uh, just in, in looking at sort of, I guess, precedent and in talking to you know people who have kind of been around the beat for a while, uh, it's, it's kind of a coin flip in, in terms of you know, where they're at right now. I, I will say, you know, looking at D1's you know, bracketology, I think that's what they call it for baseball too, um, you know, they're, they're not in the last four in like they're, they're, they're in that, you know, they're in a group above that, which means that if you're looking at it from that perspective, they're, they're pretty not safely isn't the term, but they're definitely they're in. And so, you know, if, if, if they were to lose tonight, I don't know how much of a difference that would make in terms of them not making it. I think if, if they won, it would be absolutely securing it, but I don't know if, I don't think a loss would, would be a deal breaker. Would they be sweating it a little bit more next Monday for sure? But, you know, just in looking at, at, you know, the projections and just, you know, kind of what this team has, as has done as the season, you know, kind of came to a close, uh, you know, obviously that A&M series didn't go the way uh, they would have liked, but they finished, you know, winning eight out of 10, you know, sweeping LSU that went over Southern Miss, uh, the governor's cop. I, I think it's it's leaving a, a good taste in uh, you know the you know in the eyes of the of the, the people who are coming up with brackets. So um, you know, it, it, is it a is it a perfect resume? Uh, of course not. But 
I think that if, if you're looking at, at teams that you want to get in, I, I feel like they're kind of one of those squads where you want to put them in the field and see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Katz on the Corona Premier Guest Line. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael L. Katz, K-A-T-Z, uh, for all the Ole Miss content. Uh, you mentioned that they, you know, like you said, you want to ride momentum. They're, they are one of the hotter teams in college baseball. Uh, the A&M series was weird, though, because you have some things kind of unfold on the first game Thursday night that saw Mike Bianco ejected on a technicality for for the dub, the bench warning and then the ejection of the pitcher. And then Mike's not there for game two, and they have this offensive explosion. Then they go quiet again for game three. I, you know, this just this team is an anomaly. I think, Michael, it's infinitely better for Bianco and crew that they're not playing in Oxford come the postseason. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there there is a, a part of them that I think, and you know, even when they weren't like, you know, and then they lost two or three at Arkansas, like obviously that's a very good Arkansas team, but like they won that first game. They're, they're kind of good when they're, their backs are against the wall and, and like no one thinks that a good thing is going to happen. Uh, you know, like I don't think a ton of people gave them a huge chance of winning the series at LSU, much less getting a, a pretty convincing sweep. And so, uh, you know, I, you know, and you know, they won in Hattiesburg recently. They they won in Pearl. I, I do think it's there is something about kind of not being in like enemy territory, but I think there is maybe a little bit less you know pressure when you're not in front of you know, a home crowd and maybe, you know, being in more of an unfamiliar territory. I think for some teams that could be a good thing. And when you've got senior leadership, uh, you know, the way this team does, uh, I think you could kind of use that to your advantage. Yeah, Michael Katz on the Corona Premier Guest Line. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, talking Ole Miss baseball. They play today against Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament at Hoover. Weather permitting, it'll start at 4.30 Central Time, but Expect that to be a fluid thing all week long. Uh, Michael, I think the under well or underlying consensus is that this is Mike Bianco's final run, barring a Omaha push. What is the sentiment around Oxford as they've made this kind of mini run? They're eight and ten, like you said. Obviously the AM series might have dampered things a little bit, but what what do you Feel, how do you feel the pulse of the fan base is towards Mike Bianco in this late push this season? Well, you know, it's it, it, it's tough because, you know, it, being in this, like, era of social media, it always seems like like we only see the bad stuff, right? And it's it's the vitriol and people angry and saying, like, this, this, is, you know, this needs to stop, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you have to also realize that there are a lot of people who – are supporting what's going on. And so I, I think, yes, you know, this was a team that, you know, top five was number one for a while in the grand scheme of things. Has this year been disappointing? Yeah. I mean, this was, this was a team that before the season, the goal was Omaha or bust, but things change and expectations change. And, you know, if, if this team makes a regional uh, and, you know, I, you know, if, however far they make it, I, I think it's, it's in my you know in my eyes it's really tough to make a coaching change when you make it to the postseason 
and you know there isn't a you know, quote unquote you know home run. I think as as sports fans who've you know if you've been a fan of a team for long enough, like you and, and you wanted to see a coaching change, eventually you realize that the grass isn't always greener, and that you know, the next thing isn't always a better thing. And so I know, you know, 22 years or whatever it's been for, for Mike Bianco is a really long time to be somewhere. And, and I understand that, you know, there has been some frustration over, you know, maybe them not meeting expectations. But, you know, it, it's like, would you fire a coach after making it to the NCAA tournament? It's, it, it's tough, you know, I'm talking about basketball tournament. You know, it's tough. And, yeah, you know, you do see teams in college football fire uh, coaches that make it to a bowl game. And, like, a lot of the time that next coach doesn't do anything better or sometimes is worse. And so I think it's it, – you kind of have to look at it as, you know, is it, it, it the move that – if you, if you make the move, you better have something really good lined up. Otherwise, uh, it's going to end up biting you. And I think we've seen that so many times where it does end up coming around. And, uh, you know, you kind of learn the lesson that, you know, maybe you should have kept the thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Katz on the Corona Premier Guest Line, laying down the knowledge from Oxford, Mississippi, before he heads over to Hoover. All right, Michael, uh, I'll get your prediction real quick. I got 20 seconds. Rebs win tonight over Vanderbilt? Well, it might be tomorrow, uh, just because uh, what time the game's going to start. But I, I, I do think they're going to have a good showing. I think Dylan Delusia is going to bounce back. And this is not the typical Vanderbilt team. No, not at all. Not at all. Ole Miss insider Michael Katz. Follow him on Twitter at Michael L. Katz on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll get back with Katz on the other side as baseball uh, looks to be making a postseason run in Oxford. Maybe headed out to Stanford Palo Alto to play a little college baseball. But first, SEC baseball tonight. Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. First round of the SEC tournament. SEC Insider Hit coming up next. This is the SEC Insider Hit. And it's presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. All right, be careful out there with the weather. Heads up, be aware. I guess I left about 5.40 this morning. It was raining so hard I couldn't see anything all the way in. Not that I have a lot of street lights all the way in, but uh, holy Mary Olzap. Oh, good morning to you. I found the top for my coffee. Um... Who's hidden over there by the DeWalt cooler? Anyway, out of bounds, ESPN 1059 The Zone, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the out of bounds show, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Um, we hang out with some of that crew at the uh, Delta Soul charity event that Steve Azar puts on. Time flies when you're having fun too much as you get older, but. That's kind of around the corner. Here we are in April, and Azar's uh, big party in the Delta, and it is a party. Uh, Azar's big party in the Delta is in June, and um, so we will be back there. I'm looking forward to that. We Blake, we've interviewed some neat people as a part of that deal, you know? Yeah. 
Um, Jim McMahon, Chicago Bears quarterback. That's right. Uh, Ruzioni. Um, Mike Ruzioni from yeah, the Miracle on Ice. Ruzioni. Uh, Miracle on Ice. He hit the shot. Man, he is such an unassuming nice guy. Um, That's such a weird person to have on to, like kind of like niche guests that you don't think about every day, but it's very interesting story, obviously. We, we've all seen it. You would never know that he was a part of the 1980 Olympics that upset the Russians and but isn't that one of those went weird, on to win the gold? That's one of those weird accomplishments, and maybe that's most of Olympic accomplishments that like it's great and it's awesome, and there's some iconic moments, but they don't necessarily like mean that you're set for life. It's not like doing an iconic moment in a professional sport where typically that results in actual dollar value. Yeah. Olympic. I mean, this day and age, it don't. would because there's just so much more money in media and sports yeah. marketing. But not in 1980. In 1980, yeah, it wasn't. No, yeah. um, and it kind of made Al Michaels fame. I mean, That's he true. gave Al Michaels a you moment, know, a a moment, moment yeah. right? Because he wasn't even doing it. It would take seven more years before in '87 where he really makes the jump, so to speak, Blake. Um, but Al Michaels was on the call for the Miracle on Ice against the Russians. We forget, too, that they had another game. Yeah, we just talked about that. What were, we were just talking about Duke and North Carolina. You and I talked about that yesterday. I literally mentioned that. I was like, this is just like uh, the Miracle on Ice, I said, because nobody remembers that they played a championship game after that. And I said it'll be the same for this this tournament. Nobody's going to remember the Kansas-North Carolina title. I mean, it was good. I get it. Biggest comeback in finals history. But – Oh, the story good. of this tournament is one and only story. Coach K's last run and the fact that it ended at the hands of his bitter rival right. in the Final Four. That's the story. It, it is. Um, but that was a great game last yeah, night. But no back, back to, the, you know. Aruzioni, you had. Big time uh, guest. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Aruzioni, Miracle on Ice. They call him Rizzo. Um, what was the musician you had? The same. So the the time you had Arizona, we had four guys, and it was McMahon. Oh, I had the drummer from yes. Megadeth. Yes, I was the Megadeth. Yeah, I had the, the drummer Megadeth, from Megadeth drummer. Yeah, he was very nice. Oh, sounded like uh, he could I be an accountant. You, yes. So so he's. I meet him in the lobby <laughs> when we get there to check in the day before, and I go, uh, Azar's like, "Hey, this guy is so and so, and he's the drummer for Megadeth." I go, "You can't be serious." <laughs> and you're going what? And, of course, they're very – I mean, some people don't like heavy metal. That's fine. But they're, they've been very successful. They toured all over the world. Very right? successful. Here, Asia, Europe. Yeah. So that was cool. You don't ever know. Look, I, he rents out those. And, and a couple of years ago, I sat down, and, and I look over to my left, and I say hey to the guy, and guess who he is? Can you give me a hint? Uh, he's the CEO of one of the biggest oh companies gosh, in the nope, world. Don't know. Okay, he was the CEO of UPS. Oh, you can nice. figure it out. He's from Mississippi. That's awesome. He just retired. That's pretty cool. To Starville, Mississippi. Um, he and his wife are wonderful, lovely people, but he was the CEO for a long time in Atlanta for UPS. That's not bad. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then, of course, I've, I've, I've been able to break bread with Marshall Henderson, who's a wild man. Well, that's the, the you should have led you know, with that. You know who Marshall reminds me of or, or either – I'm oh, going to reference the person. I would love to hear this. Jackson Meadows. Yes, 100%. It, Marshall is Jackson with athletic talent. And and so, uh, yeah, Marshall Henderson is so funny. I, I, talking about somebody who can carry the table at Doe's. 
as the beverages are flowing and the big yeah. stakes yeah. are it's, hitting. It's the, Jackson uh, with athletic talent. Yes. That's Marshall. Yeah. There's just a lot of similarities but between the two. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds show, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. We're going to go to the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Welcome in our friend Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Lugs, how are you, bud? I'm good, man. How are you doing, Mel? Well, we're doing good. Tell us about your uh, eight-and-a-half-hour uh, overnight <laughs> Uh, road trip from Orlando to Charlotte. So I'm down at an Under Armour camp in Orlando where we've got a middle school and combine high school camp on Saturday and then more of an invite type of deal on Sunday. So, you know, you're out on the field from about 8.30 to 3.30, and my flight on Sunday was supposed to be out of Orlando back to Charlotte about 6.30. Now, I've got my son with me. He's already missed school on Friday. So <laughs> about 2 o'clock, on Sunday, I get a notice on my phone that our flights have been canceled. And my son and I are not on the same reservation because mine was paid for for work and his is paid for out of pocket by me. So we're on two different reservations, same flight. And I didn't realize, but there had been, prior to us getting to Orlando, there had been a bunch of weather. There had been some computer glitches, I guess, amongst the airlines. And over like a 48-hour span between, I think, like American and Southwest and a few others, they canceled like 800 flights in two days, right? What? So I'm not paying attention to that. I don't realize it. So I've got a deadline for something we're turning in for ESPN.com. It's actually our ESPN uh, 300 update. And so I got to get back. So I find out my flight's canceled, start making some phone calls. They can't get us on a flight out of Orlando till like Tuesday or Wednesday and can't guarantee me that I can get my son on the same flight with me. Oh. Well, I mean, I can't leave him there, right? So I was like, all right, here we go, pal. I said, we're going to pull it all night or it's a road trip. So at about 5 o'clock, I finally said, the heck with this. I'm not dealing with this flight stuff no more. I go and I rent a car, and I said, all right, man, we got to keep each other awake. Let's go. Let's be safe. And got in that car about 6.30 and drove all the way back to Charlotte. Wow. <laughs> Couldn't even guarantee you till Tuesday or Wednesday. That's unreal. I know. And it could get us on the same flight. I'm like, dude, he's 16 years old. And what are you going to do? Make him stay here for a day and somehow figure out how to get to the airport. Exactly. Like, what, what, what are we talking about here? And, and, <laughs> and for our listeners, weather has followed Luganville for years. It's almost this oh, running joke in the industry that wherever yeah. Luganville shows up, you're going to either have a massive rainstorm and or any number of different things play out that weekend because – Lugs is all most of the time is on the sideline and yeah. sometimes his partners have fun with it because they're covered in the press box <laughs> who's, who's yep. doing play-by-play or, or, or color and yeah. so on. And speaking of what's, what's the worst in the last few years, worst weather you've had to endure through three and a half, four hours plus of a college football game. Oh, that's actually pretty easy. There's, and there's been a lot, as you've mentioned, but there have been two that stood out. Number one, I was at Minnesota in late November, and it's Wisconsin at Minnesota, and the game time kickoff temperature is minus 13. Oh. Not the wind chill. Oh. Not the wind chill. The temperature, right? Now, 
it's a 3.30 kick, and what you've got to realize is at that time of the year, you've already had daylight savings time. So once you get past the first half and that sun goes over that side of the stadium, I mean, you drop like 15 degrees. And I'll never forget at the time, Gary Anderson was the head coach at Wisconsin. And we were kind of talking about the weather because the, the running joke was, and, and the Wisconsin people actually confirmed it, it was the coldest outdoor, and this is weird because you're thinking Wisconsin, right? It was the coldest outdoor game in November that the University of Wisconsin had ever played. So we're joking around, and I asked Gary Anderson, I said, well, what are you going to wear tomorrow? Because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. And I can tell you right now, there are no layers. There are no amount of layers that can prepare you for that. All right? So uh. I'm sitting there, and I said, what are you going to wear? He goes, I'm just going to wear a hoodie and a, and a visor. And I said, yeah, right. Sure enough, man, long story short, I literally thought my blood pressure was going to go down to the point where my body was going to hibernate. It was, it, was, it was so bad. I had Vaseline all over my cheeks and my face because the wind burn was so bad. And I could, feel, I could feel my core, like I could feel all the heat in my body just going to my core trying to basically save myself. Good. And I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Gary Anderson the whole game. He's got a hoodie and a visor on, and I swear to God, Bo, I went out, they won, so I got the post-game interview, I go out, I, his head and his ears were so red, I could have reached up and grabbed one of his ears and snapped it off his head, he wouldn't even have known it. Whoa. And so that was one, that was bad. The second one, I'll make a little briefer here, the second one, without question, Friday of Thanksgiving week, it was a big matchup, it was ranked Baylor versus ranked TCU, on a Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving, in a driving ice storm. So it was one of those games where the temperature wasn't cold enough to be snow, wasn't warm enough to be pure rain. And there was about 35-mile-an-hour sustained wind. So it was like ice shards hitting you at all times through the course of three and a half hours because there's nothing worse than, like, cold wetness, right? Mm. You can kind of take snow you could take just rain if the temperature's good, but that in-between cold wetness is, is really, really bad. And I think my distant third, but it wasn't terrible because it was warm, was when we had to uh, broadcast, broadcast in Hurricane Matthew. That was, uh, that was like Forrest Gump-level rain. Good. You know, you're packing. I mean, you've really got to take a long look at the weather uh, every week before oh, you terrible. jump on on Thursday or Friday. When do you usually fly out? Thursday or Friday morning? Yeah, we fly out Thursdays. And you know what? I'm so I'm so trained on now. Like I've got North Carolina spring game on on Saturday, right? So like so that'll be I'm a monsoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there at spring. You know, the spring games are very loose. I think me and uh, West Durham is going to be my play-by-play guy, and I think we got a a, 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 a sideline reporter. But I think we're going to broadcast the whole thing from the field, and it will adjust my luck that that's the approach that we'll take. And then we'll get everybody else having to stand out there instead of usually just me because I'm in the booth for this one. And I've, I've already started looking, all right, what's the weather in Chapel Hill? What are we going to look at? What's the temperature? Am I going to be cold? Am I going to be wet? What, what is it? And it's like I feel like I shouldn't have to do that every week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Luke, and Bill on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line uh, discussing the, uh, the weather that he's had to navigate the last decade plus. On the sidelines with ESPN, you're listening to the Out of Bounds Show.
Hey, all right, this is perfect. You just referenced a school that has uh, Ole Miss's most valuable person. Did you know that? Old Miss's most valuable person. Work with me here. Right? Guess what? Uh, so this is something that we started talking about the last couple of years. If, okay. if Phil Longo doesn't go out and sign Matt Corral after mm-hmm. Dan Mullen drops Corral to sign Emory Jones, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the last two years are not the same two years in Oxford, Mississippi. I mean, that was an <laughs> unbelievable late charge jump on a plane, Phil Longo and Matt Luke at the time, go out and kind of seal the deal in just a few days, and the rest is history. He's, you know, I think he's the best, as you know, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft, but he was an unbelievable football player for Ole Miss. It all goes through Phil Longo, Tom. How about this? Yeah, you're talking about Phil Longo? Well, guess who got hired as the offensive coordinator along – uh, at North Carolina, when Mac Brown got hired, and who did they flip? Who was committed to Florida State? What? Sam Howell. Ah. Yeah. Sam Howell. Because Sam Howell was committed to Florida State, and it took about three weeks, and Mac Brown flipped him. That's impressive. That uh, Mac yeah. Brown. Phil Longo, that's especially because they've done a good job. Yeah, they, they have because North Carolina doesn't. And plus, on care top of football. it, you have to have respect for any coach in the year 2022 that has a high and tight flat top. No doubt. No, look, Phil. No doubt. <laughs> that's a bold move, Cotton. It, 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 it is, and you know, Phil has been on the show several times, and uh, he's funny, man. He's a these guys. You know this. You well, you grew up in it, and so on. But they're. They're unique and they're interesting characters in the world of coaching, and he's an interesting dude. But uh, yeah, I don't know when he sleeps because he would DM me at times at like three thirty in the morning, and I think I get here early, yeah. and it would be <laughs> way past you know. And then I would finally see it. But he he's an interesting, interesting guy. But he's had a lot of success. That takes me to yeah. something else, Gene Chizik. You know what's always fascinating to me is someone who's you've been a coach and a TV guy mm-hmm. and Chiswick had a a really really cushy not that you don't have to work hard but a really good tv sure. gig okay because yeah. i love that show i know you're traveling and flying back and doing different things but i really think they do a good job on saturday night and sunday mornings with, yeah on with, the sec network yes yeah they I, do. I do i think doring Chiswick and, and and dari do a good job and they threw in ben watson and, and he did too but Think about this, Luke. Chiswick has decided to leave a cushy TV job in which he's already been, you know, paid out millions by Auburn's, probably got a nice uh-huh. chunk of change, to get back in the world of college football, now with NIL and now with everything else, and to go be the defensive coordinator for Matt Gr- Brown at North Carolina. It, it just goes to show you so many of these guys just can't give it up because the allure of, of competition and developing yeah. and all that, right? Right, but I'll add another component to it, and I think it really comes down to it being this simple. And I'm not saying that money is everything, but when you're not coaching with the pressure of putting food on the table and raising children, it's a whole different animal, right? So you referenced it. He'd already gotten the Auburn money, came to TV, went back to be the defensive coordinator at North Carolina, 
uh, prior to Mac Brown being there. So he's there for two years, gets paid another, you know, two and a half, three years of, of big money, goes back to TV. He doesn't have to work, right? And it's very similar with Mac Brown. You know, Mac Brown's not coaching for his livelihood. Mac Brown is coaching to influence kids, have a good time, stay young, go out and recruit, win games. But at the end of the day, when, when, when your very livelihood really isn't dependent on wins and losses, and I don't mean that to, to say that, oh, well, they're not going to work hard and that they're just out there willy-nilly just winging it. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is it's a lot easier to get back into it when you're not getting back into it because financially you have to. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So now those guys, when you think about it, they're coaching for the pure love of it. They're coaching because they love ball, they love the kids. And, and you know what? It's, I was, for example, I was uh, Will Muschamp's uh, youngest son is a, is a prospect and under NCAA rules. Um, if, a, if a coach has a prospect that attends a camp, coach is allowed to come to the camp all right so uh and you you uh i've talked about this before will and i go back a a long long way and and we were talking about we were talking about nil and the recruiting process and the transfer portal and and, and the whole nine yards and you know they've gotten to the point and he stated to me he said the moment a kid starts asking me about that i say hey i'm not the nil coach we got a department for that right we have an area that can address that stuff but as far as you and me are concerned as a prospect and as a coach relationship, we're going to be about ball. We're going to be about academics. We're going to be about relationships. All that other stuff will, will take care of itself. And I think that Gene Chizik and Mac are like, okay, it's part of the equation now. We have to deal with it. But at, at the same time, all of that stuff will iron itself out. And I think without the pressure of having to earn a living, it just it, they're probably happier. They're probably less paranoid. They're enjoying it a lot more. Um, they're just in a point and, and listen, you couldn't do that 20 years ago, right? You couldn't do that 25 no, years ago. You're you right. got fired back in the day. You had to get a job to put food on the table for your family. Yeah. Well, I think of the two coaches in this state, especially Leach. He's made a fortune, done spending money. He's not coaching for his livelihood. Um, right. he's stacking cash and he's still competitive and still wants to win and all that. Correct. Um, now Kiffin's funny. He dropped, I guess, last year that he had to write so much, such a big check of alimony and so on to his ex-wife that he has no money. But anyway, you know, I know a lot, uh, he was exaggerating to a certain extent. But you make a great right. point on Mac Brown and um, and and Gene Chizik. Chiz, yeah. Uh, hey, I saw y'all dropped an article on Arch Manning on ESPN.com, and if you had to set a date, uh huh, what would you I mean, this can be a window, right, of a few weeks, because I'm not saying, like, Tom, give me, is it June 3rd? But right. if you had to set a date on Arch Manning, Cooper Manning, the camp, da-da-da-da-da, them making a decision, where would you drop it, give or take? Prior to him entering fall camp with his his uh, high school team, probably, I think what they would, would like to do in the, in the best-case scenario is get all of this stuff out of the way, know where they're going to go, and let him enjoy his last year. You know, let him have fun, get it all, just, just get it out of the way, you know. And um, if they were to take it into the fall, I think the only thing that takes it into the fall is a need to feel like they haven't gathered enough information maybe on a, per, uh, a particular school 
or a particular coach or a particular environment and maybe want to see that one last time or, or see multiple schools one last time. But I, I think with a guy like him and the rounds that he's been making and his ability to get to different places unofficially, officially, all of those sorts of things, um, they're going to be educated enough on where they want to go to the point where they feel, in my opinion, like, all right, we've gathered, gathered the info. Let's get back to being a normal high school kid. Go enjoy playing with your teammates, being a senior. Really, go do what you're supposed to be doing as a kid. You know, we, we forget sometimes that we're dealing with 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. And because of the Internet, because of the exposure, because of the discussions that we're having right now, we forget that they're a kid. Like they don't have a normal, they don't have a normal social life. If you're a high-profile prospect like that, particularly with his last name, I think. And if it were me, I would want to institute as much normalcy into my son or daughter's day-to-day as a 16, 17-year-old kid, because you're only that age one time. You're only in high school one time. And and to me, if you can get all the recruiting stuff out of the way, all right and feel good about what you're going to do, then you take a lot of pressure off of you. You can just go be a normal kid. Yeah. It's going to be wild. Um, yeah. That's for sure. And and your second quarterback's already committed to Southern Cal. I saw that on um, on the ESPN. Yeah, ranking. I just wrote a piece on, like, the comparisons and stuff if you want to check it out. I thought it was good. Kyle Nelson. Yeah. I read, it, uh, I read it yesterday. Your comp for Arch Manning, Kenny Pickett. Uh, out of Pitt, who is expected to be, well, who knows, the first, second quarterback taken in the draft. All right, uh, I hope you don't have another eight-and-a-half-hour road trip, and uh, have a great <laughs> week, buddy. See you, dude. You too, pal. See ya. Tom Luganville on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. You're listening Out of Bounds. The SEC Insider Hit this morning was brought to you by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's going to be blue. Be careful out there with the weather. Hour number two coming up. We've got some thoughts on Mike Leach and his staff coming up next.